Hi there, this is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry Compliance, uh, normally in Europe, but in Switzerland today. And Eric, um, you're joining me from San Francisco. You wrote a really good blog um, a couple of days ago on the uh, FCC or the US authorities and the hacking of aircraft. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, actually, it's the GAO. And hopefully, you're eating uh, some Swiss chocolate for all of us while you're there, Jonathan. Um, I have had some yeah. this afternoon. It was very good. <laughs> well, have some for me. <laughs> Uh, or, or send me some virtual chocolate. Uh, but yeah, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris uh, in San Francisco, and this is our podcast number 144, so we're going strong. Um, but yes, as I pointed out in my most recent blog, and thank you for the, the nod to that, um, you know, we keep hearing, Jonathan, about new and different ways that data can be hacked in the online and wireless world. And I think the general concern tends to be that our personally identifiable information uh, can be stolen and misused. <clears throat> but I, th I think we're coming to learn this might just be the tip of the iceberg, Jonathan, when it comes to potential negative consequences of hack attacks. And my attention was drawn to this recent report by our General Accountability Office, our GAO, uh, which currently is concerned about the security of modern aircraft uh, as they become more and more dependent on the Internet. Now, of course, once upon a time uh, when we did business travel, people like you and me probably liked getting on a plane because we couldn't be contacted on our phone or by emails, etc. But now, of course, aircraft are becoming uh, reachable uh, through the Internet. And according to this GAO report, it says, quote, modern aircraft are increasingly connected to the Internet. The interconnectedness can potentially provide unauthorized remote access to aircraft avionic systems, close quote. So just think about that for a moment. And then the report goes on to state that uh, security, cybersecurity experts that were interviewed by the GAO believe that, quote, Internet connectivity in the cabin should be considered a direct link between the aircraft and the outside world, which includes potential malicious actors, close quote. So if we connect the dots, Jonathan, the GAO report appears to be saying that there exists the possibility of a flight being brought down by malicious hackers because they're talking about the aviation, uh, the, the aircraft aviation, pardon me, the aircraft avionic systems, that's a tough one to get out of your mouth, the aircraft avionic systems mm -hmm. and potential malicious hacking actors. Um, so. Um, you know, this you know, is troublesome, to say the least. Um, and while the GAO report lauds the FAA, our Federal Aviation Administration, for improvements in cybersecurity policies, it nonetheless states that there is the opportunity for further action. Um, now, that, that you know, raises a lot of questions and thoughts. And you know, whatever further action could be taken should be taken because you know, it's one thing, and it's disturbing when for example, somebody gets a hold of my credit card number, and this seems to happen <laughs> several times a year, and it mm -hmm. happens to a lot of us, and we have to cancel our credit cards. Uh, but it's another thing when we think of a major commercial aircraft potentially being brought down because of uh, the avionic systems of the plane being compromised from outside hackers. So, Jonathan, with all that being said, I'm, I'm obviously a ray of sunshine starting out this podcast number 144. Yeah. <laughs> what light can you shed on this? 
Well, I, I find this whole thing puzzling. And you might remember, I think when I was in Hong Kong, I think it was podcast 114 back in March. This was around the time of the Malaysian Airlines disaster. We talked about it then. And I think in some respects, my thoughts haven't changed. Um, my understanding is that there's two ways of providing in-cabin access. You can either provide a completely separate system for passengers to communicate with the ground, or you can piggyback the system that's already in the plane for the flight crew to communicate with the ground. And my understanding is that for costs reasons, almost everybody has gone with the latter option and nobody with the former. And it seems to me that's slightly puzzling in the world of aviation because uh, for the longest time, really, the world of aviation has not only tried to do its best to ensure flight safety, but it's also tried to demonstrate that it is doing its best for flight safety. And sometimes they're two different things, aren't they? Things like, um, I don't think, for example, that the banning of nail scissors has had a uh, huge effect on the safety of passengers. But I think it's a demonstration from the airlines that they're serious about reducing risk. And on that basis, I think the whole Wi-Fi in the cabin thing is a little puzzling. And I was interested, I, I just got off a flight uh, from Lufthansa, and I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that electronic devices were permitted last time I flew Lufthansa, um, uh, so long as they were in flight mode for the duration of the flight. And I thought it was interesting that today the stewardess was going up and telling everybody to switch all their mobile devices off, even if they were in flight mode for landing. Now, I don't know whether this is a recent thing. Obviously, Lufthansa have had a very sad, very troubling uh, episode in, uh, in Europe in the last few weeks. I don't know whether this is uh, just uh, a sensible idea to stop all of the, um, you know, all sorts of communication until they work out exactly what went on with that uh, German wings plane. But, but I just wonder if we aren't going to see a, a reversing tide, really, not necessarily because of a demonstrable issue, but because of the, um, the, the fact that I think the onus is on airlines to demonstrate that everything is safe and it's not provoked by, by pure revenue. I know, there are, I know that there are people, some lunatics, but others sensible people, who have some odd ideas about, uh, about the Malaysian plane and how it was flown as if it was a drone by various uh, nation states uh, through the Wi-Fi system. I know that there are rational or seemingly rational people who believe that to be the case. And unless and until the authorities can prove to us that Wi-Fi is safe, I think the US authorities are, are absolutely right to raise these concerns. And the people I talk to who, whose knowledge I respect tell me this is not just a theoretical risk. And uh, some of these systems and the way in which they're accessed have not, have not been thought through that well. And my worry is that they're, they're chasing the in-flight dollar. Um, airlines, obviously, are always trying to increase revenue per seat. But uh, personally, I, I 
rather be sold a few more cuddly teddy bears than uh, than have an unsafe Wi-Fi system on the plane. Yeah, well, these are these are good points, and I was thinking about the Malaysian triple seven. It's been missing now for you know more than a year. I think they're now broadening the search for that flight to uh, 45,000 square miles from about 23,000 square miles of ocean. Um, and you know, even if the risk is small in this context, you know, the potential catastrophe is enormous if it you know really comes to fruition. That you know, there really can be uh, an, an outside act that brings down a commercial aircraft. So you mm. know, we always weigh risks and harm. And you know, I think here you know, on any individual flight, the risk is probably infinitesimally small. But across you know a broad spectrum of flights, if there's a, a potential realistic risk. Uh, there has to be due care. You know, in our country, in the wake of 9/11, uh, you know, we've now implemented all these procedures at airports where we get scanned and everything can be searched uh, if, if deemed appropriate. And that's been going on now for 14 years, uh, mm. and there doesn't seem to be any let up. Uh, you know, one could argue that it's a little bit extreme. Probably others would argue it's been working. Uh, so, you know, for weighing in the balance, you know, the Perhaps the uh, business or personal benefit of having internet connection on a plane versus you know a plane coming down at some point, there might be a, a swing back towards less technology on planes uh, for uh, users. Um, and airlines do have to show they're trying to be safe, and they want to be safe. If one of their planes goes down, that's a disaster for everyone involved, including the airline going forward. Uh, yeah, the public eye. So, all right. Well, any final thoughts, Jonathan, or should we wrap this one up? No, I think we've covered it. And uh, and for those of you who uh, who are interested, I guess we were almost like um, uh, predicting the future in podcast 114. I think we did predict that this is something that regulators would look at and should look at. So uh, I guess we can give ourselves a virtual pat on the back for uh, – <laughs> Having thought that through then. A virtual pat on the back as we're eating virtual chocolate. Well, I, I commend you, Jonathan, for memorizing all of the numbers of our podcast. That's just so crazy. <laughs> what was podcast number 33? No, you don't have to answer that. Anyway, this is Eric Penrod at Dwayne Morris. Uh, thank you for joining us for podcast number 144. Um, you can find us on all the usual social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can reach me directly at my email address, EJ Sinrod at DwayneMorris.com. Jonathan? Yeah, uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do engage with us on this or any other topic. Meantime, safe flying, and we'll speak to you again in a week or so. Take care. Bye now. Cheers. Uh, uh, uh.